Ladies and gentlemen, it's that beautiful time of the week. Everybody's favorite day, everybody's favorite moment. The weekend is here. The wine glasses are out. The wine is being poured. And in steps Riley Davis into your life. It's another Riley Friday. This is the first of its kind, though. Riley Friday with Tristan Freeman, who's been holding it down in Carter Elliott's absence. Uh, By the way, I asked Carter throughout the week, how are you feeling? On Tuesday, he sent me a picture of Ricky Doyle, former Michigan center. On Wednesday, he sent me a picture of Mark Donnell, another Michigan center. Today, he sent me a picture of John Teske. So I think we're like one day away from Mo Wagner. I think that means pretty gradual improvement. But uh, we thank you both for holding it down for the Sleepers community this week, gentlemen. Riley, we must throw it to you first. Does it feel great to be back on a Riley Friday? It's been a couple of weeks. It does. I'm trying to think. It's, it's. I don't know. Honestly, Feast Week just felt like a time warp for us all. I know, Greg, you're obviously grinding every day doing these recaps and previews. I've been on a good bit of them as well. Uh, doing my field of 68 UNC pod as well to where I'm like, man, I feel like I'm doing a podcast pretty much every night. Wasn't expecting that, but it's fun. Uh, but it does sort of skew your, your view of time to where I'm like, has it really been that long? Or do, I know I took last week off cause it was a Thursday night, you know, it was with the fan for Thanksgiving, but it's always good to be back. It's always great to, to get to grace the, the AirPods of the faithful, sleepwalkers sleep uh is is that a is that name on hiatus i know you teased something about that you were trying out other names but uh regardless i'm happy to be coming through your speakers this morning assuming that's when you listen to it our boy ulamog in the discord who's one of the ogs since like love ulamog yeah even before there even was a discord ulamog was like acting like there was a discord and he is the one who doesn't like Sleepwalkers, although I don't remember who nominated it. I never felt great about it, so I'm very open to changes there. But, uh, hey, it is what it is. Tristan doesn't sleep at all. Maybe he has a uh, preference on what name we use. No, no, not really. I didn't – no issue with, with the name. I, but I did want to just make one thing clear. You know, Riley, now we're on Riley Fridays. That Just so you understand that, you know, Greg is the R.J. Davis of the pod. I'm the Armando Baycott. I'm the number two option. Okay, I'm filling in for Corey. I'm number two. You are number three. You're Core Mac Ryan. Just need just need you to be there, be white, and take your jump shots when you need to. And that's when <laughs> we're going to be good. August, we all know our roles. Hey, better Cormac than Paxson Wojcik, who got three minutes against three minutes against Tennessee. But you you buried the lead by saying the number one option is R.J. Davis when number one is Harrison Ingram right now. You mean Murfison Ingram? That's my daughter's name now. It is. What it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, Cormac Ryan would just never have an, a day named after him in any setting. I just want to throw that out. I have Riley on a higher pedestal than that, but I understand the sentiment, Tristan. Uh, we'll make this work. We're going to learn our little chemistry on the fly. We're just running a little, uh, I don't know, three on three offense right now. I was going to say three man weave, but that seems disrespectful to uh the guys that hate group chats. So anyways, let, let's move on. Tristan, uh, once again, YouTube comment of the day. What do you got? Yeah, I just still keep looking because I kind of forgot to do that part. I was so worried about making sure I was number two. But mainly, hey, I'll just go to a quick one. Uh, Michael Mann, 2171. This is with three laughing emojis. Tristan is hilarious. Love it. Of course, so, you know, someone had to rain on my parade and Ulamong had to comment and say, you're Tristan's burnt. I can say you guys can 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 vouch for me on this. 
I'm not smart enough to have a burner account because I don't know anything well about technology. So it couldn't have been me. This is true. I think my favorite, my, man, I feel like there's a lot of good Tristan technology stories from like a year and a half ago, but the best was when he was doing some of the off the carousel series for the field of 68. And that, it was like, I you literally had to have Greg, uh, like set up a zoom link for him and be there to like press start to, to get it going. It's like two if, buttons. If he didn't do that, it was going to go awful. And I it just, I just, I needed someone to literally hold my hand while doing that. Hey, we all got to help each other out, gentlemen. That's how we've gotten here to this very moment on a fine Thursday, November 30th, 10 50 PM recording. Uh, look, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. It is what it is. Let's move to the Discord comments. Uh, Riley has two topics he brought to the table. No word on whether that's just like a prima donna move. I mean, the man's brought three topics to every episode he's ever done. Now he thinks he can show up with 67% of the work done. Uh, we'll let him speak to that when the time is ready. But for now, we move to comments from our lovely Discord community, starting with Malik Perry, who says, Greg, I'm serious. Someone needs to call out initials. It has to be a player. Mr. Do, I believe that's Tristan. I didn't give up on my team. I'm thinking of the team. It's a possibility that initials is back next year. And that really doesn't help the returning players reach their ceiling. Sissoko and Akins are welcome to return. Every Malik Perry comment in the Discord, one, I love. Two, reads like a hieroglyphic. Like it's <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking at. Three, uh, he's literally been begging people to hit. AJ Hogarth. He wants one of the players to beat up AJ Hogarth and smack some sense into him. And I think he's serious. Riley, do you like this plan or do you not like this plan? <sighs> I'm going to decline to comment. I am going to weigh on weigh in on the name Malik Perry though. Every time I hear that, do y'all remember in 2019 when Louisville blew a 20.3, excuse me, a 23 lead, a 23 point lead. My gosh, I can't talk today. A 23 point lead over Duke with six minutes left. Remember that no, game? I do not y'all don't remember that game. No, it was the, it was against the Zion RJ Duke team. They were up 23 in the yum center with like six minutes left. Duke came back and won it. I don't. Oh. I remember like three games that year for Duke, the Michigan state game, the Gonzaga game. And the one where they came to Pittsburgh and just embarrassed us back there. Wow. I'm really surprised that this is like a core basketball memory for me. It was a terrible night in my household just watching it was like Cam Reddish hit a go ahead three that was off of but between the legs pass from RJ Barrett. It was horrible to watch. But that Louisville team had a Malik Williams and a Darius Perry, and Darius Perry was abysmal that game and had like six turnovers. So every time I hear Malik Perry, my mean my mind immediately goes back to 2019 Louisville. Hmm. I tried to block out the entire Coach K era, to be honest with you. So, like, Smart there are vague, vague things that pop in and out, but that's it. Um, all right, Melba. Melba, by the way, in the running, I don't like to play favorites, but I'll just say it. Melba is definitely one of my favorite members in the Discord. Everything that she provides here just cracks me up constantly. She says, here's a fun bet. What happens first? Lance Jones loses Purdue a game, or he scores 20 points and Carter has to wear his jersey? Tristan, what do you think happens first? He'll go for 20 because he'll, he'll just he'll just have a, a nice, easy game where he'll hit five threes and a blowout win, and he'll get the 20. Riley? I'm 100% with Tristan. Purdue's not, Purdue doesn't lose. <laughs> so, At least in the regular season. She also notes he's from Evanston. 
And they're going to Evanston to play Northwestern tomorrow. So he could be like extra juiced up. That's an interesting spot in a variety of ways. He also is going to draw the Budarius Bowie assignment. So like, while I want to agree with you guys, are we really saying there's no chance Boo just hangs like 46 points on his head and gets a win for the second straight year in Evanston against the Boilers? No chance, Riley? <sighs> no chase Audige, no running mate for Boo. I'd, I'd, I don't see that any way that they win, even in Evanston. You mean no rich man's Lance Jones, Chase Hadish? Yeah, that's a actually that's a great comparison, Greg. Thank you, I appreciate that. I'm workshopping that one right now. Uh, I'm scrolling down here. Guy responds to Melba and says, "There's like a thirty percent chance that Lance Jones does both of those things tomorrow." I think that's logistically impossible, but again, not a math podcast. Uh, Guy says he's going to regret saying this comment, but a bag is a bag. Even if it means knee pain in Vegas, hashtag we stay up, hashtag paper, hashtag don't quote me for this. So I need a better recruiting pitch than no natural disasters, hills, and safety. <laughs> that, that was Tristan's pitch to guy to go to. Pitch. Oh, I heard it. And I heard it. I, I laughed out loud that no natural disasters was number one. How was that the <laughs> first the first thing? That's why that's why hey, but that's why Tristan gets comments that he's hilarious because it it was it made me laugh out loud when I was walking my dog today. Listen to it. Hey, FEMA doesn't come to Pittsburgh. We don't need FEMA. We don't need GoFundMe's natural disasters. We don't need George Bush coming into our, our city saying get out. We're good. We nothing bad happens here. Uh, the thing is, Tristan's completely genuine with this too. Like, I don't, I don't think it's a joke bit at all. I think that's actually his best pitch for Pitt. It's hilarious. Uh, Riley, you'll love this. Fam is back. He says Bluffs Friday tomorrow, and I sent the eyeball emojis back to him. So he got all excited. He has his typical Bluffs Friday comment. It begins with Happy hashtag Bluffs Friday, fam. When's the ideal time to put up slash decorate a Christmas tree? Hmm. What a great question. I think the ideal time I, I've for most of my life, I've been pretty, uh, pretty strictly abiding by the day after Thanksgiving to do Christmas decorations. That being said, I have not put up any Christmas decorations yet. We plan on doing it this weekend. Is that the fatherhood in you just get a little busy with things and lose track of time? Yep. That and going back to work this week, recording podcasts, all the above. Yeah, busy times. You're uh, a man who grinds, Riley. We respect that. Follow-up from fam, by the way. Also, what's preferred, Christmas at home or vacationing around Christmas? Mm, another great question. I've only vacationed around Christmas once. Uh, should I share the location? It is very much a bluffs location. Where? <laughs> <laughs> the Grand Caymans for my, my father-in-law's wedding. <laughs> Natalie's dad got remarried a couple of years ago on the Grand Caymans. It was awesome, ton of fun. I highly recommend it. <laughs> then he I says feel... remarried, remarried too. So it was like an extra wedding for no reason. Y'all just wanted a reason to go out. <laughs> There's the happily married today. The wedding was not for no reason, Tristan. You said remarried. So isn't I did it renewed her vows? No, no, it was his second marriage. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. Congrats to him. <laughs> Anyone, anyone who's just listening to this and not watching this is missing me like I, i'm literally going full bill hater snl vote right now like i just can't i can't with these riley bluffs comments like it just every day opens up a new page a new chapter and it's so good it's so genuinely good 
by the way, I endorse both answers for Riley. Uh, day after Thanksgiving is when you should decorate a tree and put it up. And uh, I always want to be home for Christmas. No offense, but like, come on. You want to look out your window. You want to see a little snow falling down. You want to have a little hot cocoa that mom's making in the kitchen. That's what you need. Trevor says uh, he needs Greg's thoughts on Jawan coming back and as, a, as an assistant coach. Uh, I sent a voice memo in response to this, but then I listened back to the voice memo and it just didn't pick up what I was trying to do. So uh, here's my full thoughts on Jawan Howard returning as an assistant coach to Michigan right now. Oh, Jesus. That's my thoughts. I think it's garbage. Uh, it's disgusting. And I hate it. And don't coach. If you're not ready to coach, don't coach. Why? Why be a distraction? Don't coach. Stop coaching this team. I don't want this to happen. That's my answer. We don't need further comment from that. Uh, and I think that's it. Melba responded to my voice note, though, and said, is this a sequel to The Ring? If we don't share this cursed audio with someone in six days, will our teams implode or something? That's why I love Melba. It all comes full circle. She's just on another comedic level in the Discord. Thanks to everybody in the Discord this week. You carried the show without cart. That's a hard thing to do. Man's the heart of this program, and uh, missing him for three days was difficult. So we appreciate everyone who came on camera for this. We appreciate the community that we've built. It's great over there. Join the Discord. It's $9.99 a month, uh, and we have the link in the description of every single video we do. All right. We're going to save Riley's two topics for the last two topics today. We're going to start with just a little Thursday night wraparound reaction because I just spent the last two hours recording previews for the weekend with uh, Brian, Ralph, and Connor Hope, both wonderful gentlemen. But we did not set any time aside to talk about the results from tonight, kind of because there's not too many notable games, but also we just wanted to focus on previews. So let's just go around the horn. Uh, Riley, will throw it to you first since it is Riley Friday. What jumped out at you results-wise from Thursday night in college basketball? Well, if there's any doubt left, FAU is back and got a resounding win over a Liberty team that, uh, Tristan, maybe you would know. I feel like you, you're you more well-versed in the mid-major world than I am. Where is Liberty on Kim Palm right now? Are they a top 50 team, top 60? Oh, I, would, I don't know analytics, so I wouldn't know. I just want to conference USA. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot they're in conference USA this year, but yeah, they silenced any doubts that they got it figured out, dropped 83 on them tonight. Uh, Vlad Golden, another big game in just 20 minutes, 18 points. Elijah Martin's back, had a nice little 20 point outing. Uh, Owls are good. I, I, I think I probably knocked them too much when they lost to Bryant and they were one of the biggest winners from feast week. And it's good to see them continue the, the momentum, even though admittedly in Boca Raton in their own building, um, but yeah, good way to for them to, to kick off the field of 68 tip off. Elijah Martin's so good. Like I was skeptical of it because I think I thought he was healthy when he was clearly injured at the beginning of the year. And now it's like he has all this added burst and he's just flying around. And at one point, John L. Davis threw him an oop that was not open at all. But he just like rose up and he tried to one hand cock it back. It was like almost Oladipo-esque against Michigan. It just back ramped mm. and didn't go in. But um, they're, they're good, man. I keep trying to do the mental test of like, drop this team in the big East. Are we picking them like on the same tier of like Yukon and Marquette? Are we putting them in like the Villanova category? Like Tristan, where, where would you think in that hypothetical they land? Thankfully that Bryant loss prevents us from immediately putting them into that tier, but I mean, I mean, what else do they have to do? Like, we, we they had the Final Four run. They they looked really good last week. 
you know, be everyone possible. Like, and the problem is if they play when they play Illinois next week, if if uh Coleman Hawkins doesn't play, they're just gonna be asterisk next to that game. So they could literally go through the rest of the non-conference and then outside of Arizona, which might be the one test, but then it won't be fair because they could lose to them and still be a top 10 caliber team. People are still going to doubt them no matter what. They still didn't have Nick Boyd in this game. They're still not 100%, but they. what else do you want them to do? I, I would put them as, as a top 10 caliber team. They, they were there in the preseason. And outside of that Brian game, which I'm just going to sweep away, it's just they were looking ahead to Feast Week and just got caught sleeping. That, you know, they're, they're legitimately good. And again, so many teams are inconsistent. This team so far has proven that they can be consistent outside of that. Just one little slip up, but still it was a big slip up. Yeah. You know, to, go ahead, Riley. To their, their, to their credit, I just pulled up the Kim Palm page. They've already moved up from 49th after the Bryant loss to 17th after tonight. And Liberty is 51 for those curious. So crazy. Good team. Yeah, very good team. Also, you know how like some people say like a hot shooting night for some team, like, oh, an out-of-body experience. That's not going to happen again. I view the opposite of that as what happened against Bryant. I think this team is like an extremely good offensive team that has shooters everywhere, and they had an out-of-body poor shooting experience mm-hmm. where they shot five for 30. That's never going to happen again this season, no matter who they play. Uh, also, last thing on Florida Atlantic, then we'll wrap around to other stuff. But Tristan, I'm about to go double falsetto on you today. I really okay. am about to just falsetto you twice in one day. Every time I see Vlad Golden do something cool, I really want someone to make an edit with like a slow motion video of him dunking or something. And that one song, it's like, the in the background, I think it would be perfect. So somebody steal that from me and do that, please. Uh, what else did we see tonight, boys? I thought the best game was Butler, Texas Tech. Uh, overtime game there. Texas Tech kind of just wrestled it away from Butler. That's what it felt like. Butler was in control all the first half. Ten-point lead. Turned to Texas Tech's up three with a minute left. And then just some big shots from Butler sends it to overtime where they ultimately just kind of like clawed it away. Uh, Tristan, what did you see in that game? Yeah, I, I saw a Butler team that, that I'm 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 in on. I mean, Texas Tech gave arguably their best offensive caliber performance. I mean, Chance McMillan making eight threes off the bench. They shot what's fifty two percent from the field. They're supposed to be a defensive team. Like to win that game, to win in overtime, to get the production they've got. And I mean, Pierre Brooks wasn't even their top scorer. They had uh, Telford and, and DJ Davis leaked away for them. Like. They clearly have talent. They 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 have the guards. They have they they can defend at times. I don't think they're as good a defense as we thought we were, but they're much better offensively than they were in the preseason. I just don't see a reason why not to like him. And again, that Mata is a good coach. This this isn't a complete shock that that Mata can coach a team to be t- tournament caliber and beat other teams that are probably either on the bubble range or around them, like. He, he's he's winning these coaching battles, and I'm not going to be surprised if he gets a few Big East plays. You buy that, Riley? Like, are we buying stock in Butler as a noteworthy team in any capacity or no? Eh, not really. I still need to see it against some better teams. I'm not convinced that this Texas Tech team is anything special. I will say, like, I'm impressed that they have played as well offensively as they had their last three games since the, the Villanova loss. Um 
But to me, like this Texas Tech team ultimately just just feels like the kind of the stereotypical like middle of the pack Big Twelve team that can defend but can't score, can't shoot. Like, don't trust any of their guards. Don't trust any of their wings. Um, so like I I don't know. It's I'm I'm glad Butler won it for our buddy Lucas Harkins. Like he needs he needs some joy from Butler basketball. But it was in their own building. Seems like the atmosphere is pretty good. I don't know. Butler is going to be better than DePaul. They'll be better than Georgetown. They'll probably St. John's. I think they'll be better than St. John's. They'll probably be better than Seton Hall. Yeah. So like an improvement after last year. Not there. Like, but I I don't think they're. It'd be I'd be surprised if they got on the bubble. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like it can be a jump while also still not being super nationally notable. I feel like that's what has happened thus far, and. Um, I want to believe in Butler, by the way. I just think Butler being good is always good for college basketball. It's fun when mm-hmm. that program is good. Hinkle is awesome. If you haven't been there, that's probably my favorite home environment I've ever seen a game at. Um, and I just, I can't get over Pierre Brooks being this team's best player. I can't do it. Like he was so bad for Michigan state last year. And I know he got a lot better, but like, goodness, man. And I thought he would struggle tonight. They kind of. I thought Thad did the right thing and like didn't try to force it with him. They just kind of put him in the corner and let other guys that are more dynamic off the bounce make plays. And he hit some timely threes. It worked out. But um, don't forget, Thad Mata can coach. I'm still not all the way in on Butler, but I think Thad can coach. And I think he's a little re-energized by this group. I want to present you guys also quickly uh, my favorite grouping of teams on Ken Palm in college basketball history. Okay, these teams are all in order, ranked 52nd to 58th on Ken Palm. I'm just going to read them in order. Texas Tech at 52. Butler at 53. Butler just beat Texas Tech tonight. Michigan at 54. Texas Tech smacked Michigan, who Butler beat tonight. Pittsburgh, 55. That's your stinky team, Tristan. Rutgers, 56. They stink. Northwestern, 57. They stink. Maryland, 58. They stink. That's my favorite pod in Ken Palm history, Tristan. Your thoughts? That's a nice ass NIT bracket <laughs> right there. I like it. I, I I'll take that. Also, it just means that it doesn't matter how bad the Big Ten is. They're always going to have eight teams in the top fifty for no reason. This is ridiculous. That, that's what I got out of that. I still <laughs> go ahead. I still buy Michigan as a tournament team. So maybe that was too harsh of me to say that. Butler won't even get on the bubble. Maybe I should get at least give them a little bubblelicious talk. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to put Michigan on the bubble, put the whole damn tournament to everybody on the bubble. <laughs> put Princeton on a bubble. Put Chicago State on a bubble. Why is it all of a sudden all those teams suck when Michigan can be on the bubble? You know, Texas Tech smacked Michigan like two minutes ago. Right? I know, but I can't, like, I just, I'm not buying into this iteration of Texas Tech. Like, but you buy Michigan. I buy Doug I, McDaniel and I buy, buy Olivia Nakamwa. Doug McDaniel and Olivia Nakamwa, who averages two good games every 10. But you buy that. And with the assistant coach, now the coach, and the old coach is now the assistant coach, everyone getting ejected. No one plays defense. Can't give up 100 to Long Beach State. But, oh, they're on the bubble. What bubble? What, the same bubble in SpongeBob that got popped after 30 minutes? That bubble? 
Who pissed in your Mountain Dew right now? Jesus, Tristan, it's not that big of a deal. Goodness, it's very. He he won, he, won, he all those teams he named, but Michigan was the one he got hopes on. Yeah, that's because we have a dynamic dude at point guard. Nobody else does except for you, and your guy only shoots jump shots. Literally, ninety six percent of his shots are jump shots. And your and your guard gives up ninety six percent from the field defensively. That's not his fault. Okay. okay, that's okay. that's everybody else's fault. Uh, is there? I'm trying to think if there's anything else notable tonight. Creighton kind of returned. That was cool. Uh, they, it was the tie game midway through the first, and then they just like did the old school Creighton thing where they made like 11 threes in 10 minutes, except they only made 10 the whole game, but you get the point. Uh, Steven Ashworth arrived. That was the notable thing. He's been stinky for two weeks. He had 17 points tonight, four for five from three. Uh, just quick, like one sentence around the horn. Where's Creighton for you nationally? They were my preseason title pick. Riley, what's your answer? I didn't drop them too far after losing to Colorado State. I kind of chalked that up as a one-off game um, where you just don't show up. Like I still, I, I'm still a firm believer. I like we'll actually get into this for one of my topics that a month into the season, really like a fourth of the season down, kind of a decent sample size. But the teams that I was high on in the preseason and I, I had Creighton solidly in the top ten, I don't just want to abandon after one bad loss because you lose games in college basketball. So I still think they're a top fifteen team. Yeah, I, I agree that they're top 10 caliber, but I'm going to be honest. I You guys have lost 20% of my attention because Ulamar created a pet picks category in Discord and everyone's showing their answers. So I, I'm, I'm I'm listening, but, you know, just saw so many cues. I love our Discord so much. Who knew we had a turtle guy in the Discord? That's incredible stuff. Okay, all right. Uh, thank you for the wraparound, boys. That was great. We hand the show over to the one and only Riley Bluffs. Davis, Bluffs, where are we going next? All right, first topic. Hinted at it. Month into the season, fourth of the year is done, as crazy as that, as that sounds. These small sample sizes aren't getting too small anymore. I think it's time to do some evaluation. The first evaluation-type game I want to play is transfer what-ifs. Think back to this offseason, to the big-name transfers. We always heard who were the final two, the final three, maybe the final four in some cases. What are the biggest what-ifs from this season where if X transfer had gone to X school instead of where he's currently at, this team would be doing what now? I love this game so much. Tristan, Let you me go first. first. Yeah, I'll go, go first for a local pick, and then I want to think again for a national one. So – when Joe Toussaint left West Virginia, he had a few options. And one of them that was in his final three was Pitt. And without Dior Johnson, who who had got dismissed immediately after, Pitt didn't have any veteran guards they could rely on. Had Joe Toussaint picked Pitt, and they could start him right now, next to Ishmael Leggett, and had Bub Carrington be like the elite sixth man, Pitt would be a top 25 team right now. Because Joe Toussaint has been really good for the Red Raiders. And you have Blake Henson. You have the bigs. All you needed was just a guard that can be steady for you. And if Pitt had that, Florida would have been a win. You know, Missouri would have been a win, and Pitt would be top 25. And I just really wish we would have been able to get him. The Texas Tech was able to win out. But now he, he's been my early what if so far. Just Okay, here's the good news. I just learned how to mute Tristan. 
uh, from the Zoom call as the host. We're not going to let him lead this game with Joe Toussaint love. Like, that's a needle-moving piece. That was insane. I can't believe I just gave him 45 seconds to do that. Tristan, you'll be unmuted as soon as I'm done with my portion. That was insanity. Uh, I I have a bunch. I'm going to try and limit myself to three. One being my team. It's obvious. If Caleb loves on Michigan, I'm less interested in what that does for Michigan. Is Arizona as good as they are without Caleb Love? I don't know. I I, I would have said preseason they would be better without him. But, I, like, do they win that game at Duke without Caleb Love down the stretch? Just, like, icing big moments. Uh, he hasn't had the explosive stuff yet. Like, he's only had one 20-point game. But he's been solid, which is like the mm-hmm. best compliment I can give Caleb Love. And everyone has them in the top three in the country right now with UConn and Purdue. And I don't know that they would be there without him. So that's big. And obviously it would help Michigan if he was there. Uh, I have two more I'll be quick on. Dalton Connect was rumored to Indiana for a very long time. And I'm trying to imagine what that looks like if he's on the Indiana roster that already has a ton of huge forwards. Like, is is Dalton Connect playing the two at Indiana and Mbako's at the three with Renault and Ware? Because <laughs> that would be insane. They would be so bad defensively, it would be hilarious. But, like, at the same time, Indiana would be obviously better with Dalton Connect. I kind of wish we could live in that bizarre world. That would be fun. And my favorite one is definitely this. Where could Hunter Dickinson have gone that wouldn't be Kansas? Because he's been, I think, the best possible version of himself. And we're still sitting here underwhelmed with Kansas because of all the issues with the roster around him. I said the moment he picked Kansas, I thought that was the clunkiest roster fit of his options he could have chosen. He could have gone to Kentucky, which looks incredible right now and doesn't have a big man. Can you imagine if Hunter Dickinson was on Kentucky right now? That team would be the runaway number one team in the country. Um, and instead he, he chose Bill Self. He chose the bag. Bill Self used all his Monopoly money on Hunter, and it's probably going to bite them in the end. Uh, Riley, let's throw it back to you. And Tristan, I'm about to unmute you. <laughs> already unmuted, jackass. <laughs> Hello. You didn't even hit on the most egregious part of the Joe Toussaint pick. Was like I know Toussaint has had some big scoring outputs this year, but if Toussaint's on this pit team, we don't get Bub Carrington like looking like a first-round pick. Like, he would have gotten the minutes. Don't worry about that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'll stick with like a Kentucky. What if? And this might be a little more off the beaten path than Hunter, but Kashad Johnson. I know you're a huge fan of his game, Greg. Uh, he's someone who completely won me over when I saw him in Cameron Indoor. Just what he does for that team is insane. Just like a ridiculous defensive prospect, um, plays above the rim. And even, I know, Greg, you highlighted how you thought he was able to get something out of Caleb Love uh, that he hadn't yet, like a, a, a dog mentality out of him. Kashad Johnson was an awesome interview post game. Like that dude was just all time vibes guy, passionate, great answers. Like, and just he got me fired up in the post game. I was already pretty fired up because like Duke lost. But, um, <laughs> but if you put Kashad Johnson on this Kentucky team and you have the front court of him and Trey Mitchell, where he's covering up any of Trey Mitchell's defensive lapses, and Trey Mitchell is this iteration where he's passing the ball all over the court, making plays out of the the mid post and knocking down threes, like. Again, I think it's crazy to say because like Hunter is 
a much more offensively gifted player than Kashad Johnson. But I think if you put Kashad Johnson on this team, if they're not number one, they're top three. Hundred percent. Yeah, the switchability on defense too, like that would it it would be a better fit than Hunter, even though Hunter would just make that team unstoppable offensively. But mm-hmm. this is my favorite segment you've ever brought to the table on this show, by the way. I could do this for like three hours, Riley. This See, is this is this is why I only came with two segments because like we could talk about this for a while. Um, I'll give you another one, Greg. Matthew Cleveland playing on the wing at Michigan covers up some defensive mistakes, and he's made huge strides as a shooter. How do you feel about that one? Um, I like it more if you do yourself dirty and use Harrison Ingram instead of Matthew Cleveland. Which okay, I was going to talk about parties. Harrison Ingram to. I was going to talk about Harrison Ingram to Kansas. We can hit on that one too. But Ooh, yeah, he was more realistically considering Kansas. But I remember like uh, Juwan just had this stretch after he got to Mari Burnett. It was like the only targets he had were guys he was like highly after on the recruiting trail out of high school, which meant Matthew Cleveland and Harrison Ingram when they hit the portal. Um, I uh, I want to watch myself here. I don't think Cleveland's that good. He's been really underwhelming to me at Miami. Uh, I do think like on paper, he is a great fit for what Michigan's lacking. and would help the defense, but I also think he's a guy who would probably show up to Michigan and have the same issues. Namari Burnett and Olivier Kamwa right now, where he just looks mm. clueless because the system stinks. So I don't know. I'm not longing after him too much. Tristan, you can talk now. I feel bad. I muted you. Well, as you should. Yeah. So I think my transfer scenario, what if, what if UConn actually landed Nicholas Timberlake? Because that was one of the rumored options beforehand. Like, would we consider UConn to be a title contender if they had Timberlake instead of Cam Spencer? Because they wouldn't have gotten Spencer had they gotten Timberlake. And I would argue, had Kansas not gotten out of the shooting guard sweepstakes early on, when Spencer entered the portal, Kansas would have been a really nice landing spot. Imagine Kansas with Cam, with Cam Spencer instead of Timberlake. Then they would be the clear number one team without the shooting concern. That's one of those dominoes that I, I think worked out really nice for one team and sort of, you know, you know, struggling with Kansas right now. Yeah, I like how Tristan took it the opposite direction of like how good would this team be with like how bad would this team be? The, I totally the tim- think negative. Sorry. <laughs> the Timberlake situation was so fascinating because there's a couple different like sliding door scenarios there to where remember UNC was originally pegged as the leader for Timberlake until his NIL price was basically like, yeah, we don't think you're worth that. He ends up at you or excuse me. He ends up at Kansas um, chose Kansas over UConn. Ultimately UNC ends up with Cormac Ryan. And I know there was some buzz for like literally half a day. It might've been hours. It was the, cause I think it was the day that UNC closed the deal on Cormac. Uh, when Cormac was in Chapel Hill, that was like, oh, UConn missed on Nick Timberlake. They're going to go all out on Cormac Ryan now. So it's think about what if Timberlake ends up at Kansas and UConn got Cormac Ryan. Does, does UNC end up with Cam Spencer? Like there's so many, there's so many different scenarios you could take this uh, with your like choose your own adventure of white shooters. Well, well and speaking of Dickinson, what if Maryland and Georgetown didn't spend a whole month wasting their time trying to go after him and actually fill out the rosters correctly? Like that was the biggest waste ever for them because they they really didn't have a shot. It was really Kansas all the way for Dickinson. I just don't understand. I still don't understand what those two teams were doing. Yeah, there was a little bit of delusion there for sure. I also, I just think it's so funny 
that Nick Timberlake was like the big chess piece in all of this. Like of all players that was the guy who decides where everybody else goes, it was Nick Timberlake. That's insanity. That shows you how crazy the portal is as a game every single year. Um, is there a way to like it, it, fun wrap this? Like, is there is there one target that your team missed out on that you wish you had, Riley? Tristan gave us Joe Toussaint already, which is insane. Uh, what what's UNC's biggest what if? Ah, uh, I mean, there were murmurs of the staff being in contact with Dalton Connect. I don't know if it ever materialized into anything serious. That that would be like I guess the the big splashy one. Um, I know there are backdoor channels with Damari Monsanto from Wake Forest who elected not to transfer because he would have been a two-time transfer. Uh, that's a really fun world to think about of just adding like arguably the best shooter in the ACC who's also 6'6 and can, well, doesn't really guard anybody, but he's decent on the glass, like just adding him to this rotation of what the ceiling of this offense could be. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been wild. Do you think that they would have been better with connect instead of Harrison Ingram? No, it would. It, I is that insane to say? Do I just have my Ingram blinders on? I don't think it is, but like, also he just dropped thirty seven at the D. Yeah, <laughs> I would hope. I I think it was like Connect and Ingram were being recruited at the same time. Like it was they could coexist with one another. Mm. I think so. It, it would have been Connect or Cormac. I think it would have been connect like UNC still has two open scholarships. They only have 11 oh, wow. scholarship players. So they yeah, could have yeah. had, all, they could have gotten all of them. Just adding connect to everything you already have would be ridiculous. I'm contractually obligated to mention this one. As long as we're putting this video on the sleepers, YouTube channel, Ray J Dennis looks really good for Baylor right now. And if you dropped him in Champaign, Illinois, with how good their defense looks right now, I do think Illinois is significantly better. And I criticized that all. I thought Ray J would make like not be a good ad. I thought he'd be a total flop. I was wrong on Ray J. Is what I'm it telling is. I'm telling Drake gives Lockhorn's mom said that. <laughs> Please don't. Seriously, I do not need that woman back in my mentions. <laughs> all right. What's our uh, final topic today, Riley? What do we got? All right, we're going to – I don't know if we'll have time to do a full-on draft. I had this thought that was like we we do a draft of teams that are fun to watch and you can't pick your own team. And there are some stipulations here where I thought it would be fun if we each pick a team in the top 25 on Kim Palm, a team outside the top 25 on Kim Palm, and then a wild card round where maybe you pick a crazy mid-major or something. I love this. Let's do the full draft. So it's a top 25 Ken Palm team. It's a top 50 Ken Palm team. And it's anybody else. Yep. All right. Um, what's the draft order? Uh, Let's give Tristan the first pick since, I don't uh, know since why. he got muted. Okay. Let's see. All right. With the number one pick. And I feel like Tristan's going to make a bad pick. <laughs> I like my, <laughs> I like my Put me on the spot like this. This is ridiculous. Most fun team to watch. Most fun team. Uh, give uh, give me Marquette. Give me Marquette. I I I find Colick fun to watch, and I just want to bother Carter Carter by doing that. Don't make me pick first. Just put me on a spot. Give me Marquette. Insane pick. I didn't ask you to judge it. Okay. Insane pick. Am I up next or are you up next, Riley? Yeah, you're up next, G. Oh man, 
Do I have to pick the top 25 team first? I mean, you don't yeah. have to. You can no, yeah, do it. No, no, I think I can go off the board, Tristan. I think this that's is fair. Ridiculous. There you go. Except uh, I'm looking at the top 50. and He's about to pick his Bryce Young fantasy picks. Go ahead. There's... Uh, I don't love the teams from 26 to 50, which makes me think maybe I should take a team 26 to 50 and save it. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take uh, the only team 26 to 50 that I think is really fun to watch, which is USC. Boogie mm-hmm. Ellis, Isaiah Collier. Collier's so cool. Everything that kid does is so cool. USC's locked up. Love that pick. Definitely would have been in the running for mine. I can't believe this team made it to me. I'm choosing Arizona. I think, like, Arizona, the transition offense is terrifying. Like, you got Ballow running the court. You got efficient Caleb Love, somewhat efficient Caleb Love. You got Kylan Boswell locking dudes up and making passes. Like, and Kashad Johnson, we already touched on him. I think Arizona is pretty easily the most fun team to watch this year. You're just like a like a heroin addict coming back to the needle. That's what's happening. Like you just can't shake Caleb Love. Hey, I'm happy for him. He's he seems happy. The team's good. Like everybody's happy right now. Okay. Everybody's healthy and having fun. Mm, that's that's all we're here for, right? Stay healthy and have fun. Does this go back to Tristan now, Riley? How are you running this? No, we're snaking it. That's uh, oh, okay. <laughs> With my second pick. Teams 25 to 50. I'm sticking in the ACC and going Clemson. 34th right now. Um, PJ Hall is that guy. If you didn't know, now you know. Uh, you got They put up 85 points on Alabama. I know Alabama's defense is terrible, but still, like imagine five years ago saying a Brad Brownell team is going to hang, hang up 85 points on a team that was a one seed the year prior. Like Would have been an incredible pivot for him continues to keep his job, continues to improve, continue. Like, I think he's a pretty good coach, especially for a program of Clemson's caliber. Um, but it's not just that they hung 85 on Alabama. You also had Dylan Hunter. One of their guards was doing the, was doing the Macarena in a, in a TV timeout. The arena was playing Mac, the Macarena and, and Dylan Hunter was straight up vibing to it. I was like this. I like this team. Do you like that pick Tristan? I don't know how I feel about that pick. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Oh, don't don't you every pick I make is gonna suck anyway, so don't worry about what what anybody else gonna you you pick. Okay. I'm just wondering, like I I like Clemson, like I like betting on them. I think they're a good team. I've never found myself enjoying watching a Clemson game ever. I think something about PJ Hall is just not my aesthetic. Oh there's actually a team I like better in this range that oh. I kind of wish I would have taken over Clemson. Intrigued. I'll see it. Intriguing. You've already made your pick, so Tristan's got to make it. Or yeah, we'll we'll let it go. We'll see. All right, I uh, I'm really torn. I have two long shots that I know I'm gonna get one of, and I like I'm just fifty fifty. I'm totally split. So I'm gonna do the bad GM move here and take the category you guys already picked and just force Tristan to make the pick for me later. Um, it's got to be Kentucky in the top twenty five for me. It has to be. I did consider Arizona. I also did consider Purdue as crazy as that sounds, but I, I just love this Purdue team. Um, but yeah, Kentucky, like the thrill level of Kentucky at their best, I think is higher than any other team's thrill level. Like what I saw them do to Kansas at the champions classic was like, Oh my God. And now like 
with the way Reed Shepard and Rob Dillingham are mixing in, like those guys are one of one prototypes with their play style, their vibes, their looks, everything about it is like so unique and they're bench guys. Like it's just insane how talented they are. So I'll happily scoop up Kentucky as uh they were my one A in that category mm. to start with. Great pick. You also I mean, Kentucky, I think, probably has my second favorite jerseys in the sport, which just adds to it. I see. Is that is that a Malik Monk jersey behind you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Five? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're nice. They're, I mean, the something about that blue just looks really good when they're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Tristan, back to back picks here for you. All right, first pick. I'm gonna go take me Colorado State because the idea is even seeing Isaiah Stevens for 40 minutes would just be fun. They're really good offense. I mean, Nico Medved, really good coach. Have one off the year, but they they have a really nice offense to watch. And I think they're going to be really, really, really good. Hold the phone. He's breaking the draft rules, Riley. He did break draft rules. Ow. They're ranked 23rd on Kimpom right now. That's two top 25 teams. You already picked Marquette. You tried to play Colorado State like some long shot, Tristan. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, Colorado's 36. I told y'all I was tired. Okay, well, instead of them, then, ooh, I was about to say Virginia. All right, give me Florida. I, give me Walter Clayton. Give me Riley Krugel. Give me give me a healthy Micah Hanlon, and I will take Florida. I think that even though they just had a weird loss to Wake Forest, I think that they're a really good team in the SEC, and I will gladly take them. And then – Going off for them, I was going to be petting St. James Madison for a late pick, but instead I'm going to go with well, – I'm going to go tricky one. Give me Memphis. And here's why I think Memphis is fun, because you have no idea what you're going to get from them. I want I want a team that could potentially drop 100 on you or drop 35 and all hell breaks loose in the huddle. So give me a team that I, I think, you know, I think – you know, bad play can be fun. I think, you know, as long as you're not born. I just don't want a born team. I think any any kind of any give, give me Penny Hardaway. I'll be happy to see him and to see whether or not, you know, Javon Quinterly can have a good game or not. I, I find that to be fun. Are we allowing that pick for a long shot, Riley? Yeah, I'll I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Okay. Also it... on the topic of Florida. When Riley Kugel has a good game, can we call him Bluffs Kugel? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. That's really good. Uh, yeah, I love Riley Kugel. I like. I just even when he's horrible, I'm going to defend him so much. There's something about that kid's game that is just exactly what I want in like a shooting guard. And he has like he, when he takes over, it looks more effortless than when any other player takes over in the country. Like mm-hmm. he will just lackadaisically drop 28 on you. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, okay, that leaves me with actual long shots since Tristan just took Penny Hardaway as a long <laughs> shot. Uh, I have, I now have three. I've thought of a third since I said I was split between two, and I, I straight up don't know what to do. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go honorable mention for my first two and trust my gut. I'll say them after Riley picks. My pick is Harvard and Malik Mack. Mm-hmm. Great pick. Great pick. Thank you. Thank you. He's just too exciting. Like he, he's so he, good. he single-handedly outshines anything I would have picked from the other two. Yeah. Uh, kind of same formula. 
I'm going to go with St. Joe's. I don't know if that's cheating. It feels a little cheating since they gave Kentucky a good game and they just beat Villanova. But the the guard tandem of Xavier – oh, gosh, is it Xavier Brown? Xavier Brown and Eric Reynolds – who just like pull so confidently. I love that Xavier is spelled X-Z-A-Y-V-I-E-R. And because they have another Brown on the team, he has X Brown on the back of his jersey, which like you hardly see anybody with the first initial anymore. And X Brown looks so cool. It's so, yeah, St. Joe's is my wild card one. It's a good pick. I forget. Uh, I th- it might have been me and Tristan. It was somebody this week. Like I said, I've recorded way too many things this week. But uh, I the question was like, is St. Joe's actually kind of good? And I still yeah. can't tell. And I, I think they are. I think you're right. It's a good pick. They can be good. That That's that's the thing with St. Joe's. They can be. But will they be consistent? Because Texas A&M Commerce is also part of the DNA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Is that the end of the draft, Riley? Yeah, we can do some honorable mentions because I want to hear your honorable mentions, Greg. Yeah, we have to do honorable mentions. I have two. Um, the first one, I think it should be more household namey and obvious at this point, but Santa Clara is insanely good. Adama Ball is insanely good. I think he's going to be a top 20 pick in the draft, and if he's not, he should be. Um, that The most fun random game I've watched this season was Santa Clara's win over Oregon, where they were down and it kind of looked like they were just going to get beat by 10 or something. And then Adama Ball literally went on a 10-0 run in two minutes by himself, and it was just so ridiculous to watch. He had 25 points, uh, five rebounds, four assists in the game with a block and a steal, just a freak. And they have a seven-foot center who like does a lot of things, like he physically you see him and you're like, oh, that's like Vlad Golden 2.0. But this guy like shoots threes and passes and they use him on the perimeter. It's pretty cool. Uh, and then my other honorable mention, state of Michigan honorees. The Oakland Golden Grizzlies are like way better than they have any business being. They have literally covered every game this season. They're eight and zero against the spread, so they're they're the betting America's team. I think they're America's team in general. They have this white dude, Jack Golke. His name is Jack Golke, and he looks like Jack Golke sounds. And this kid was like a JUCO kid who never played Division One ever but like led the country at the division two level in threes. And he came to Oakland and I believe on the season, he has three attempts from two point range. He has 92 attempts from three point range. All he does is shoot threes. It's incredible. And he like, he plays like 37 minutes a game for this team. All he does is shoot threes. They're awesome. They're going to crack the top 100 on Kempom soon. And like I said, they have no business doing this. Like a Kempom preseason had this team like 270th, I'm pretty sure. Nice pick. I'll share it. I'm going to share my honorable mentions. I'll start with uh, my mid-major, and I'm going to go with Portland State because they're 6-1 and one right now. They went on buzzer beaters. They have typically played fast under Jace Coburn, um, playing a little bit slower this year, but they have three down transfers, including K.J. Allen, star of Last Chance U, uh, who played at Texas Tech last season, who can play all over the court, above the rim type player. Um, and they've, they've won on a couple of buzzer beaters recently. Uh, the most, the last one came against Portland, put them at six and one. I quote tweeted it, gassed up Jace Coburn. Cause he was a good interview for the Almanac. 
our guy guy said that it was a tristan freeman twi- uh, tristan freeman type tweet uh shout out to guy shout out to tristan our mid major expert but yeah that's my mid major my mid major selection and then the one that i wished i would have picked over clemson for 25 to 50 was providence because i think Devin Carter is a ton of fun to watch. I love his defense. Uh, I love when he has his occasional offensive spurts. And Garway Duall, you know, that dude I, has a great chance to be a lottery pick, and you don't know if he's going to get into a fist fight. So, yeah, Providence is fun. I love the Providence pick. I find myself just like some games you put on in the background, you go do other things. When Providence mm-hmm. is on, like I'm so distracted by the television. <laughs> They're so fun. <laughs> Uh, anything from you, Tristan? Any honorable mentions? Yeah, I, I have a couple. I, I would say my top 50 pick would be New Mexico. I mean, you know, Jamal Mashburn, still without Jaden House, but he's an electric scorer. And and speaking of elite freshmen, JT Toppin, outstanding freshman forward for the Lobos. I think when they're fully healthy that they still can't contend for a Mountain West title. Uh, they're technically in the top 50, but I did want to shout out Princeton, who I think is an elite Ivy League team. Uh, top 100 team, McNeese State. Even though I will not watch any of their games in the Southland, they look like they're a really good roster for some reason. I think they could have a special year where, you know, we'll wait and might not even last longer than one year. And then I just have to add this team because the whole point is fun, right? The whole is to enjoy watching them play. I enjoy watching Louisville play. I'm sorry. I'm not a Louisville Cardinal fan, so them being atrocious doesn't affect me whatsoever. But the fact that you can go into overtime with four players with New Mexico State, that's fun. The fact that you can randomly need a Max Hazemus buzzer beater to beat you against Texas, that is fun. Louisville is going to be an all-time fun team for someone who does not care if they win or lose, and I can't wait to keep seeing Shout out my guy while you're going to talk Louisville, though, Tristan. You better say his name. I don't want to say his name because I want to I want to give him, you know, some peace. I don't want to say Sky Clark's name next to that abomination of a team. Like, okay. does, I don't, he doesn't even want to – does he even want to claim them at this point? Yeah, of course he does. He's a program guy. All right. Nobody, you don't want to claim that. You don't oh, want to no. I, uh, I actually love that pick. I thought when we asked you for honorable mentions, you were going to come in with some underdogs like Houston and Purdue as some of your favorite teams to watch. But uh, instead, you go the opposite route wouldn't give us Louisville, which truly is a very entertaining team to watch because they just play a, down to the final possession no matter who they play. It's incredible. Okay, um, who's better? Who's better as a drafter, me or Carter? You. You. Wow. Very clearly. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very clearly. Um. Can we can we do one honorable mention? I know I said we're already over when I said we need to wrap by, but uh, one honorable mention. Who's the team you love to hate watch? I have a very clear one. Like I, I love watching this team preying on their demise. Hmm. I want to know if you guys have one. I mean, it's pretty fun to watch St. John's suck. <laughs> I love that pick. I love that pick. <laughs> I think who did Virginia. I... I'm always praying on Virginia's downfall. And they're stinky. I know they beat Texas AM, but they like their their dudes don't impress me. They scored 41 points against a team that has a point guard with the the Wiz Khalifa, no driving, no sleep, and live it up like it's the weekend era die job. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I know my team, Syracuse. And and that's for rivalry reasons and for others. Syracuse losing will always make my heart happy. That's interesting to me. Is that uh, just old school Pitt Syracuse rivalry? 
Yeah, and also new school, I can't stand Connor Hope. Mm. Okay. Understood. That that hurts my soul that you can't enjoy Judah Mintz, though. I mean, such a such a joyful player. He's so fun to watch. I'd enjoy him go one on five and being the first ever player to drop 40 in a game and lose by 20. I think that's fantastic <laughs> for him and that team. Our friends in Maui, the Boilers and the Stands guys, uh, I don't know that they want me sharing this or not, but I'm just going to paraphrase it for them. We were praising Judah Mintz in the Discord, and they were like, really? Is that the guy I saw who had the worst body language of any player I've ever seen in person? <laughs> I was like, whoa, uh, maybe there's some stuff we don't see through the television with yeah. Judah, but I love him. Uh, my answer is Indiana. I love so much. Uh, they run this fake little weave every half court possession where they just like spin in circles with the three guards for 25 of the 30 seconds on the shot clock. It's so funny. It will never get old to me. It never works. <laughs> and you just, no matter who they're playing, you flip on. It's a one point game with 10 minutes left. It's fantastic stuff. And you, and you want to talk about some bad body language. You pick oh that God. up like it, it just through the TV. Dude, it's so, <laughs> so good. And I have a reason to hate watch them because Xavier Johnson tried to like gaslight me to Indiana fans as if I was praying on him to get injured this offseason, which like is a total misquote. It is not at all what I said. So uh, here we are. Anyways, that was a great exercise, Riley. Uh, I made fun of you for only bringing two topics, but that felt like you brought nine topics. So congratulations, Riley Davis. A great bluffs, Riley Friday once again. Let's wrap the show with one big thing presented, of course, by Big B. Tristan, do you want to start us off? Because you've really set the tone with your one big things this week. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's Friday. Good vibes, good feelings. So I, I'll just start off by saying, you know, we're, we're a team. And when I say we're a team, as in all content creators, all media members, whether you're print, whether you're in local media, I, I've been blessed for the last few years to meet people both online and in real life who's been incredibly helpful. And, and that's part of the reason why I really am glad to be part of this this week, filling in for Carter, because you guys have been helpful to me for the past couple of years. And any way that I can return the favor to you guys, even just by jumping off a couple of pods, I, I feel privileged to do that. And I think that we all, no matter what, can help each other out any little or big way possible because you never know down the road who you can meet. And I'm someone who believes in good karma, wants that to come back to me. So I appreciate you having me on for this week. Hopefully Carter is good. And even if he needs a couple more days next week, you know, he's got me. I appreciate that, Tristan. That means the world. I echo those sentiments. And uh, if I if I don't mind saying so myself, gentlemen, I've never met either of you in person. The day that I get to meet either of you in person is going to be one day to remember for me. I'm very much looking forward to that. Riley, what's your one big thing? Yeah, I echo your same sentiments towards Tristan. Very wholesome, very thoughtful. Appreciate you, man. I'm going to take it the opposite direction and <laughs> say <laughs> I had a revelation today about dogs. Uh, I love my dog. I've talked about him on this show before. He's made appearances in my background. Scooby, great dog. Tristan seen uh, Tristan seen plenty of, plenty of pictures. He can attest he is a good boy. Um, I'm the only dog person in my family. My mom, my mom likes my dog. My dad's scared of dogs. My sister's scared of dogs. My dad's also allergic to them. I know a handful of people who don't like dogs at all. And for a lot of my life, I've kind of thought this doesn't make sense, even in my own family, where like. I'm the only sane person in the in the immediate Davis family. Uh, I now understand a little bit why. This morning on my walk, Scooby got into some poop on a trail, 
chowed down on it. It was too late for me to pull him away. He has some digestive issues. Usually throws it up pretty quick. His digestive issues were uh, delayed probably like three or four hours later to where I just got my son down for a nap, was feeling very encouraged. And I Scooby starts barking at something, wakes my son up, and then immediately pukes and pukes up some other dog's poop on my couch. And so I spent the better part of my afternoon trying to get random poop stains out of my couch. And that's when it hit me. Like, this is why some people don't like dogs. They don't think it's worth it. On the couch. Wait, let me on get a visual couch. on the couch. Like, are, are we talking like a light colored couch? It's a gray. Yeah, it's a gray couch. I got the stain out as best as I could. I got to do some more work on it this weekend. Wow. Scoobs. That's I know. brutal. How's he feeling? Is he feeling better? Oh, yeah. He rebounds quickly. He he boots and rallies, as the kids say. But <laughs> he's a, I can imagine he's a tough guy, just like his his human dad. I mean, again, don't forget, you were an overseas linebacker for years. True. Scooby came from the shelter, man. He had like three owners his first year of life. He he got it out the mud. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and out the crap, apparently. All right. There, there's only one way I could end this week's shows uh, with the one big thing. And it's uh, on Tristan's note. We're going to go back to the the serious note here. I miss Carter Elliott. I, I'm not afraid to say it. I love these two. I love Riley Davis. I love Tristan Freeman. I'm so incredibly thankful for all of their contributions to all of the great things we've been trying to build with Sleepers Media in the last year plus. And uh, I'm fans of their work. They've done a great job. Don't get me wrong. It's been incredible. But I miss Carter Elliott. I miss my friend. I've talked to him less in the last three days than I've talked to him since we made the logo for Sleepers. I don't know if he's alive. I mean, I know he's alive because his wife sends me snaps of him sleeping. But, like, I'm worried about the kid. I've never seen him down this bad. He says he's not eating. He says he's not sleeping. And more importantly, like, I just – there's a joy. There's a joy in doing this on a day-to-day basis that I didn't even realize I had that Carter brings to my life that has now been taken away. And I'm now afraid of how dependent on Carter I am for happiness. It's a terrifying feeling, but uh, I love you, big fella. I miss you. I hope you feel better truly. And uh, on Monday morning, I hope I see your big stupid face with some big breakfast bit that you whipped up that you tell me you spent seven days chefing while sick. That's all I got, folks. Uh, All right. Thanks for listening to the show this week. On behalf of Riley Davis and Tristan Freeman, uh, we thank you. Join the Discord. We'll see you Monday of next week. Have a great weekend. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.